Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of May 12th. In the news, Azerbaijani armed forces launch attack against Armenian positions in Sotk, leaving six Armenian soldiers wounded. EU-mediated meetings between the leaders of Armenia and Azerbaijan are expected in the coming weeks. And over 450,000 tourists visit Armenia in the first quarter of 2023, an increase of over 80% compared to the previous year. This week, the situation escalated again on the Armenia-Azerbaijan border and continued today. Armenia's defense ministry reported that at around 4.50 p.m., Azerbaijani armed forces opened fire in the direction of Gut village in Armenia's Gerakunik region using large-caliber firearms. Today, at around 10 a.m., Azerbaijani armed forces violated the ceasefire in the direction of Sotk using UAVs. Two Armenian servicemen were wounded. Their lives are not in danger. This all began yesterday in the early morning hours at approximately 6 a.m. Azerbaijani armed forces opened fire again in Sotk. This is in Armenia's northern region of Kerarkunik using artillery and mortars. Four Armenian servicemen were wounded in that attack. Azerbaijan reported one casualty and one wounded serviceman. The skirmishes continued until approximately 10 a.m., after which the situation was relatively stable on the Armenia-Azerbaijan border. Azerbaijan again blamed Armenia for the escalation, claiming that Armenian armed forces opened fire in the direction of Azerbaijani military positions. The Armenian side denied this, as well as reports in Azerbaijani media that Armenia is using Iranian drones. Also today, Artsakh's Defense Army denied accusations by Azerbaijan that its units opened fire in the direction of Azerbaijani military positions in the regions of Shushi Askeran and Marta Kert. Armenia's foreign ministry said in a statement that the actions of Azerbaijan aimed at destabilizing the situation are an open disregard for the meetings recently held in Washington. These were meetings between the foreign ministers of Armenia and Azerbaijan. The meetings planned in Brussels and Moscow aimed at the normalization of relations between the two countries and also the agreements reached in Sochi on October 31, 2022 and the efforts made by international partners interested in stability and peace in the South Caucasus. The ministry called on the military and political leadership of Azerbaijan to stop the groundless, unjustified and shameful attempts aimed at disturbing the negotiation process by using force and thereby exerting pressure on Armenia. And yesterday, in a press briefing, Vedant Patel, the U.S. State Department spokesperson, said the violence in Sotk, quote, undermines the progress made by Armenia and Azerbaijan toward a durable and dignified peace. He added that the United States calls on the leaders of Armenia and Azerbaijan to agree in their upcoming meeting in Brussels to distance their forces from the borderline, as discussed by Secretary Blinken during their talks in Washington. The escalation on the Armenia-Azerbaijan border comes amid upcoming EU-mediated meetings between the leaders of Armenia and Azerbaijan in Brussels and Chisinau on May 14 and June 1, as well as a meeting between the foreign ministers of the two countries in Moscow scheduled on May 19. The meeting in Brussels will be facilitated by European Council President Charles Michel, and the meeting in Chisinau is to be attended by the French President Emmanuel Macron, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, as well as Charles Michel. During yesterday's cabinet meeting, Armenia's Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan called Azerbaijan's actions a provocation aimed at nullifying the progress achieved during the negotiations in Washington. The Prime Minister added that with its recent attack, Baku is also intending to hinder the meeting's plan 
and as you said, Rubina, that are coming up in Brussels and Chisinau. And according to Pashinyan, Azerbaijan only needs the negotiations to provoke new military escalations and uses the escalations to nullify any progress made during these negotiations. He went on to say that the Azerbaijani side also wants to divert the attention of the international community and Armenian society from the checkpoint on the Lachin Corridor by creating a new crisis in a new area. Yesterday, Azerbaijan's foreign ministry speaker announced that Baku has agreed to the meeting in Brussels on May 14. However, he also stated that Azerbaijan has no final decision yet regarding the meeting in Chisinau. He added that Azerbaijan may agree to the Pashinyan Aliyev meeting with the participation of Macron and Scholz under the condition that it will not replace the Brussels format. Charles Michel's speaker told Azadutun that the leaders of Armenia and Azerbaijan, the president of European Council and the leaders of Germany and France are scheduled to meet in Chisinau on June 1 on the sidelines of the Second European Political Community Summit. Pashinyan and Aliyev also held EU-facilitated talks during the first summit in Prague in the beginning of October of 2022. French President Macron was also present during the talks at the time. After the meeting in Prague, Azerbaijan rejected Macron's participation in the Armenia-Azerbaijan talks. On May 9, speaking about the Armenia-Azerbaijan-Washington negotiations, Security Council Secretary Armen Grigorian stated that despite some small progress, the sides have not come to agreements around the most important issues in the negotiations. Grigorian explained that these issues concern the acknowledgement of the 29,800 square kilometers of Armenia's sovereign territory and the creation of an international mechanism for Stepanagert Baku talks and international guarantees for the implementation of the peace treaty. On May 8, one of the Azerbaijani soldiers who had crossed into Armenia's territory last month and was detained was sentenced to 11 and a half years in prison. He was accused of illegally crossing the Armenian border and smuggling weapons. The defendant pleaded guilty to the accusations leveled against him. The case of the second Azerbaijani soldier who had also crossed into Armenia's territory is still under investigation because he is also charged with the murder of the guard of the Zankizur copper plant. Azerbaijan's foreign ministry issued a statement condemning the sentencing of the Azerbaijani soldiers, demanding that Armenia immediately release both of them. On May 9, Armenia's representative on international legal matters said that the European Court of Human Rights rejected the request of the relatives of the two Azerbaijani citizens to indicate an interim measure against Armenia on the grounds that the two Azerbaijani servicemen are subjected to treatment contrary to their right to life and obligation to be free from torture. The Armenian government has submitted its position with relevant evidence that the convention rights of the Azerbaijani servicemen were properly secured in the Republic of Armenia. Upon the government's submissions, the court rejected the request of the relatives of the Azerbaijani soldiers to apply an interim measure against Armenia. Meanwhile, the energy crisis in Artsakh resulting from Azerbaijan's five-month blockade of the Lachin Corridor is worsening. Since Azerbaijan cut off the electricity supply from Armenia to Artsakh in January, Artsakh was left to rely on electricity generated by six hydroelectric plants that met less than a third of its energy needs before the blockade. Baku's subsequent disruption of Armenia's gas supply to Artsakh further increased the load on the local energy network. 
And as a result of this, the Sarsang Reservoir, which supplies water to the biggest of Artsakh's power plants, has shrunk by more than half since the beginning of January due to the increased use of its water. Artsakh State Minister Kurgan Nersesian said on May 6 that Sarsang's water resources have reached a critical limit of about 15% of the total capacity, approaching what is called the dead or unusable volume. This situation not only puts at risk the prospect of electricity supply for the population of Artsakh and deepens their daily suffering, but also has resulted in a significant negative impact on the environment, he said, warning of a humanitarian catastrophe in Artsakh. And yesterday, Russian peacekeepers facilitated the transfer of nine patients in need of medical attention from Artsakh to Armenia. On May 10, Artsakh's human rights defender, Geram Stepanian, had said that after setting up a checkpoint, Azerbaijan had obstructed the activities of the Red Cross in Artsakh in every possible way. Well, the International Committee of the Red Cross had been unable to transport patients in critical health condition to medical facilities in Armenia for over 10 days. The organization says that it is negotiating with the Azerbaijan side to resume transfer of patients who need urgent care and treatment in Armenia. And this week, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan was in Moscow on the invitation of Russia's President Vladimir Putin to participate in Victory Day celebrations on May 9. While there have been no official press statements about a Pashinyan-Putin meeting yesterday, Putin's speaker Dmitry Peskov told reporters that the Russian president held a separate conversation with Pashinyan when he was in Moscow. This week, Igor Khovayev, the Russian co-chair of the OSCE Minsk Group and special representative of the Russian Foreign Ministry, was in Armenia, where he met Armenia's Prime Minister, Foreign Minister and Secretary of the Security Council, the humanitarian crisis in Nagorno-Karabakh, the normalization of relations between Armenia and Azerbaijan, and the unblocking of regional transport infrastructures were discussed during the meetings. And this has become a tradition, Maria. You always get Maria Zakharova. I uh, get Maria Zakharova, and she more or less says the same thing. And this week, she again said in a weekly briefing that Moscow expects its Armenian partners to take proactive active steps to resume work on the deployment of the CSTO mission on the territory of Armenia and other joint measures to help its ally. The Russian side is ready for such work, which they know well in Yerevan, she said. Last week, we reported that Turkey had closed its airspace for Armenian aircrafts because of the opening of a monument honoring the memory of the participants of Operation Nemesis to assassinate both Ottoman perpetrators of the Armenian genocide and officials of the Azerbaijan Democratic Republic responsible for the massacre of Armenians during what is called the September Days of 1918 in Baku. This week, Turkey's foreign minister, Mevlet Çavuşoğlu said that Turkey also closed its airspace for Armenia's state aircraft. Turkey's foreign minister threatened that if Armenia continues like this, the Armenia-Turkey talks will be halted. He also stated that if Armenia does not remove the statue, Turkey will take countermeasures. Here, Maria, I wonder what would be the countermeasure. They already closed up airspace, airspace. so they're going to erect a monument to the denial of the Armenian genocide? Well, they already have monuments glorifying the perpetrators of the genocide in Turkey, right? Yeah. So maybe they will dismantle those? Oh, <laughs> Well, Security Council Secretary Armen Grigorian told reporters on May 9 that the statue is the domestic issue of Armenia and no one has a right to interfere. However, Prime Minister Pashinyan told Azadutun on May 6 that it was not the Armenian government that decided to erect the monument, calling it a wrong decision. Right. He said, well, it was the municipality trying to deflect, but 
Anyway, in positive news, let's say, and according to Armenia Statistical Committee, over 450,000 tourists visited Armenia in the first three months, the first quarter of 2023, an increase of over 80% compared to 2022. Most of the tourists, uh, approximately 237,000, are citizens of Russia, followed by Armenians living abroad, just over 74,000. From Georgia, over 53,700 people came and 25,458 citizens of Iran also visited Armenia in the reporting period. And we were out the other night, Rubina, and we were sitting at an outdoor cafe and I could barely hear Armenian being spoken. It was mostly Russian that we were hearing and... Well, to be fair, we were on Sarian, and uh, I can assure you, Maria, it's not the same picture on all the streets, but it's particularly Sarian Street, downtown Yerevan, yes, that's, you hear foreign languages more more than Yeah, than you hear Armenian. Well, and just a reminder to our listeners, on May 26, 27, 28, we'll be holding our second annual media festival. We have approximately 15 journalists coming from all over the world. It will be a great opportunity for us to showcase the role of journalists, but also for them to see the situation in Armenia as well. We have journalists from Sweden, Finland, Lithuania, help me, Rubina, France, UK, India, India, and of course, the United States. The event is up on Facebook, and you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter to register. I would encourage whoever's in Armenia to definitely participate because we have really interesting panel discussions and up close and personal chats I think it would be very very interesting well the website is up the content is there please check it out registration is open you can register no need to buy tickets you just register so that we know you're coming (laughs) (laughs) let Rubina know you're coming please well have a safe and peaceful weekend we will be back again next week